Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line. Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo is joined by Joe Resinello. And four dear sisters, let us go in free on the Click Radio Network, 1850 on AM dial 103.9. Truth city metropolitan area please be sure to download the veritas catholic radio network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our stations content not just now we would ask you to like what joe and i do we have our social media pages we're all over the place on social media but the primary place you could find us is at the frontline tv on youtube the frontline tv on youtube like subscribe share do all that fun stuff help us out today we are very pleased and honored to be joined by Father Lawrence Daniel Carney. And we're going to be discussing Father's new book, which is out from Tan Books, The Secret of the Holy Face, the devotion. Oh, just from that alone, I'm going to tell everybody, you know we're going into the breach, as you normally do. The devotion destined to save society. And uh, I don't think it's any secret, our society is in dire need of, uh, of saving. Um, having said that, some of you out there might know Father Carney, um, ha- but if you do not, a brief bio. Father Carney was ordained for the, di- the Diocese of Wichita on May 26, 2007. After serving in the diocese for six years, he accepted the position as chaplain of the Benedictines in May 2013. He is a street preacher, parish missionary, and retreat and conference director, as well as the founder and director of the League of St. Martin, which is a pious association of people who become members of the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face and the Confraternity of the Holy Father Lawrence Carney, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you for having me, Joe and Joe. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure. Joe Racinello. Father, would you lead us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death, amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Thank you for that, Father. You're welcome. Father, I, I got to tell you, I mean, when we do these interviews, Joe and I uh, research them pretty thoroughly, and I was I was so impressed with the fact that you're a street preacher, and I want to explore this. And why I say that is this. Grassroots Catholicism works. I sometimes think we overcomplicate things. We really do as a people. Christ was a simple man, and he was in amongst the people, and that's what you're doing. Like, I, I saw you, you're talking to a tattoo artist walking the street. This is what God did. He walked amongst common people. Talk about this, please, because I, I really believe that this is the gospel, What witnessing it, and that's what you're doing, and I think we need more of it. Absolutely, Joe. So walking the streets takes a lot of preparation, 
One of the things called remote preparation. Well, how did Jesus do that? He spent 30 years in silence in the Holy Family. And so there's a lot of preparation that goes into this. So God prepared my heart by doing the Camino. And I put on my cassock, the Camino Santiago, and a thousand people in 32 days came up and talked to me about any issue that dealt with God. And so I thought about taking what happened on the Camino to cities in the United States of America. And so that prepared me to do that. So I put on the flag of Christ, which is the cassock. I wear one that has five buttons on the collar to represent the five wounds of our Lord Jesus and 33 buttons down the front to represent his 33 years. And people come up to me and they want to talk to me because they know what I'm about. Most of them know I'm a priest. Sometimes we have to get through the questions, am I a rabbi? And I take off my zacchetto and said, no, this is actually something that a pope in the 17th century asked priests to put on. So there's one day, a couple of weeks ago, I was it was too hot to walk, so I was sitting at a coffee shop on the patio in the major street of Wichita, Kansas. I was preparing a sermon, and people would come up and talk to me. In two hours, 20 people came up and talked to me about this, that, and anything. And there was a poor guy, a homeless man, who just sat down on the sidewalk, and I taught him how to pray the Hail Mary. And I gave him a rosary. And what most people do is they put it around their neck. <laughs> so mm-hmm. at St. Louis de Montfort, he talked about how it's okay to wear the rosary around the neck if it's not done out of some vainglorious thing. So I can't judge that man's heart, but I taught him how to pray a rosary or the Hail Mary, and I gave him a little booklet of how to pray it. So I could go on for four hours and talking about stuff like that, but I'll put it back to you guys. I, I absolutely mean, it, love it. I yeah. love it. One of the friends of our show, uh, Michael Grogan. Now, this guy's legally blind. Okay, and uh, Joe, he does it basically a similar a similar thing. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, in Philly, he's been in the, yeah, he's been in the South Bronx, and he tells similar kinds of stories. Like he's walking down the street, comes up upon a couple of you know uh, gangbangers, you know drug dealers, gives them the rosary. Finds out maybe a month later, he runs into them again. They still have the rosary, and they're praying it. Oh. <laughs> you know, like when you're in the South Bronx, a lot there's a lot of Hispanics. A lot of Hispanics grow up Catholic. Okay, so maybe they need to be prompt. They already know how to pray the rosary. He's in Kensington in Philadelphia. Similar to what you're doing is like not afraid to go into the breach. And that's where the breach is. You know, it's one thing like in our our normal conversations, Father Carney joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing his new book uh, out from Tan Books, The Secret of the Holy Face, Devotion Destined to Save Society. Um, We could have conversations with people. Um, in our normal travels, people we work with, people we might run into, whatever the case might be. But what you're doing, and I mentioned Michael Grogan, it's so, how could you put it? As Joe Racinello likes to say on the show, it stops traffic. When you (laughs) see someone like you out there, Father, talk about the need for maybe more of us to be a little bit more self-sacrificing in that way. Again, you, you, if you're not prepared, that's one thing. But if you're prepared, especially if you're going out with others, uh, the importance to get a little a little dirtier, if you know what I mean, Father. Yeah, I think God has put in my heart to do this, and I just love it. And the remote preparation is important. That's why 
it's hard to put on the cast because there's a lot of people that don't understand it. Um, sometimes the majority of those people are priests, but my job is to explain to them, no, wait a minute, the cassock, the cassock represents the priesthood. It's a sacramental, just like the rosary is. And it's blessed. It has a personal blessing. That means once a priest gets blessed in his cassock, it's a, it goes with him wherever he goes, just like the scapular. You don't technically need to bless it each time you get one when one wears out. It's, good, it's a good idea to do that, but it's a personal blessing. So the idea is that I'm kind of breaking the ranks because wearing a cassock is not publicly correct in many spheres. But it, I'm telling priests by my example that it's, it's great to do that because Jesus Christ wore his robes and all his apostles did and disciples did as well. And they knew who Christ was. And so the church has given us the cassock to show us that we are other Christ's to go out there. Let me just tell you a couple stories. Please. One of them, I hand out the miraculous medal and I bless it and I tell people, whoever wears this, I say colics at the mass once a month for the rest of my life for whoever wears it. So I gave one to an alcoholic. He was outside of his house in St. Joseph, Missouri. And he said, I'm desperate. I'll just put it on and see what happens. I said, you got to pray to Our Lady. And I, told, I showed him the prayer on it. Well, three years later, there's this fancy sports car Camaro that's driving right alongside of me as I'm walking on a sidewalk in the same city. And the driver is the friend of this man who I gave the medal to. And he said, you know what? I thought, I don't know what you did, but you changed my friend's life because when you gave him that medal and blessed him it changed him and then he came out and said father yeah that's right i've been dry for three years ever since you gave me that medal i'm like okay that's a miracle from our lady now she wants you to go to church because now you got to start working on your salvation you worked on your alcoholism now you got to get to church because i want you to get to heaven so you see that's what our lord did is he came down here to redeem us from hell from satan and to point us towards heaven, and also to give glory and honor to God. I'll give you one more story, and then I'll, I'll put it back to you two. There's a soup kitchen in St. Joseph where I would go once a month, and there was a young man that I had lunch or dinner with, and he said, Father, can you give me a blessing? I'm homeless, and I'm just down on my luck. So I gave him my blessing. Well, a few years later, there's this little truck, and it said, it's a black truck, and it said, St. Joseph Municipal City. And he comes out with a tie. I'm like, aren't you the one that I bless? He said, yes, Father. Ever since you gave me that blessing, my life has changed completely. I've got a full-time job with benefits, and I owe it to that blessing from God that I got this job. And I said, you know what? It's not me. You asked for God to get into your life. And that's what helped you to get out from the gutter from where you were living. So those are just two stories. I've got like 2,000, but I wanted to give you two of my favorite ones for you guys to see what you thought about them. 
It's, it's amazing. Father Lawrence Carney joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing, and we will be getting into <clears throat> The Secret of the Holy Face, which is the title of his new book, subtitled The Devotion Destined to Save Society. Father, those are beautiful stories, and they're not in some in some sappy, wishy-washy way. It's real. Yeah. In, it, 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 it's, it's reality, okay? You want to get up from the depths, okay? You have to reach out to God. God's already reaching out for you. I wish people would understand that. In other words, you know, when you're at a low point in your life, you don't have to reach up too far, um, no matter how far you've fallen, because God's reaching down to you. But you do have to you do have to reach your hand up. And God working through you has helped these people. And like you said, you have 2,000 more stories, and it's all about saving souls. Joe Resinello. Father, I, I'm a, I think I understand where what you're trying to communicate, and please correct me if I'm wrong. And this is my view. I think God loves souls that heroically battle for him. Like what I have learned in my life is when you make yourself a little vulnerable, and I'm going to be honest with you, you wearing a cassock walking down the street, especially, you know, nowadays, people don't have think too kindly about Catholics. You're making yourself vulnerable. God honors that. And, and, and because, and it, it's got to be a little nerve wracking. I've, made myself vulnerable in many ways in my life. And I, and as a result, fruit has been bore for the kingdom of God because of it. Um, recently, I, I, I work in New York City, and it's funny, uh, you know, after we did this, this outline, I walk on Ninth Avenue, which is referred to as Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan. I work, I walked 17 blocks and it's uh, 13 of those blocks. It's a very uh, gay community. And mm. I see a priest walking with a black cassock down the street. And I was just like, wow, I stopped him. I was like, father, I was like, I was like, hello, you know, like, like, that takes guts yeah. like like and that's what you're doing and i believe because you're doing that in a heroic way god is honoring it and because of that there's fruit that to be we're not willing to do that people like to be comfortable we have to make ourselves a little vulnerable and then god will honor it not reckless but vulnerable please dis am i off there no this comes to a very central point that St. Paul, I think he, I can't remember who he wrote to, but he talks about humility and being vulnerable, like you said, Joe. He says, consider everyone else greater than oneself. And St. Thomas of Aquinas in the Summa, on his question on humility, he illustrates this sacred and inerrant word of God from St. Paul. And he says, we can actually think about that. Everyone is greater than us, Joe. Both of you guys are greater than me. Everyone else is greater than me for two reasons. One, because of my hidden faults. And two, because of everyone else's hidden virtues. So once we start to look at the world like that, then God will give us, because humility is the gateway to all the virtues. So once we open that gateway, God will flood us with inspirations and his lights and virtues of, and the key virtue is charity, because faith and hope go away for those who go to heaven. So once we are vulnerable and we say, you know what, I'm gonna just put on the cassock. I'm telling all priests, just just put it on, let the chips fall where they may, and it's a lot of fun. Because we then let the stories unfold that God wants to unfold, and we open ourselves to a very important thing called divine providence. 
where we don't have to set appointments on our phones or schedules on our calendars. We simply put on a cassock and walk in the streets and let the narrative of God and his kingdom come. And let us as priests know that our blessing is more powerful than we can think that the office of priest St. John giving us a revolution. He's given us revolutionary men as a punishment because our human families turned our back on God literally and blasphemed him. And so this punishment actually <clears throat> is going to make us a better church if we have humility and if we have charity because we've got to be able to make a counter-revolution, which is a, a revolution of charity. And I think that as we become more vulnerable as a church, we're going to have to go back to the old ways that the church was founded, like Jesus walking around with his apostles and disciples. So it's so simple, as you guys mentioned at the beginning. I don't have to go and book a church or you know, get electricity and heating for a church. I just simply put on my New Jerusalem sandal, my cassock, and I'll wear black it's the, I think to show that black, um, that we're obedient, that we die to our, our will, and we become submitted, we submit ourselves to a bishop, so we have an authority, a visible authority. So I think that's where God is moving us. There's always a silver lining when we fight for our Lord Jesus Christ, then we're going to battle for him. And that's when a lot of fruits come. And that's where we need to be humble as priests. So that's what I offer to the, to priests, encouraging them that, to wear their cassocks. If you're just joining us here, we're having a great conversation with Father Lawrence Carney. We're discussing his new book, The Secret of the Holy Face, Devotion Destined to Save Society. Father, I can hear some people out there, maybe because it's going through my head. I, I don't have time to walk in the street. I, 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 I don't, I, I, I'm raising a family and there's, and uh, totally, totally legitimate. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that those aren't uh, good reasons, but what on a practical level, let's say for I would say, I'll give you an example. I, I, I try once a month to pray with the other Catholics in front of an abortion clinic. Okay. Um, can you give maybe some practical everyday advice for those out there who have family responsibilities? Have yeah. to wake up, have to put food on the table. Okay, God obviously blesses that. Um, but what are some practical things that, let's say, particularly Catholic men could do um, where it might not take up a lot of time, but also is important in, as far as a public witness to the faith is concerned? Yeah, Joe, the, the key is that uh, people live their state in life that God's given them with the greatest amount of virtue. So... You know, the father, he, he works so he can bring the food on the table, etc. But he also needs to not get so focused on that that he, he turns his, his gaze away from being a godly Christian Catholic man. So a practical thing is, of course, to say the prayers before the meals, but also to have a, like a sacred corner in the house or even a, a, a room set up as a chapel where they can put Catholic art in there and have a candle lit and maybe even some third-class relics there. So if the, the father still has children, that teaches the children in a domestic church type of a way that God is number one. So they can't go out and walk the streets because 
that's the state of life a priest has been given or a missionary has been given. So they can support us by their prayer life. And that's where this prayer corner is so practical because wherever it is in the house, you have to pass by it and you have to think, oh yeah, there's that beautiful prayer. And the more beautiful it is, the more likely the children and the father and the mother are going to want to go there. And so one thing that they can put up there is an image of the holy face of Jesus Christ. And they can, they can burn a candle or uh, have an oil lamp burning there day and night. So it becomes almost like a church where you have in the church a tabernacle where our Lord is present in the holy sacrament, the altar, with a, a candle burning day and night to show the reverence required. So that can actually be put into a house very easily, um, just as one example. Thank you. Thank you for that, Father Carney, joining us here at the front line. Joe Rosanello. Father, how did you acquire this devotion to the Holy Face? I mean, obviously, it's an ancient, you know, devotion, but how did you personally acquire it? Yeah, so when I became the chaplain of the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of the Apostles, I realized that they're very contemplative. So they don't really talk to me very much because they're monastic. That means they're alone, alone with God, monasticism. But the... Uh, Number two in charge, Sister Scholastica, the prioress, I asked her once, I'm going to write a newsletter for some of our people. What's the topic? And she said, write on the holy face. So I thought, wow, I've never heard of that before. So I began to research it, and, and I wrote about it. And I started to fall in love with this devotion to the holy face of Jesus, because this devotion almost disappeared. Um, the devotion to the holy face, of, of course, has been around since the Redeemer. Um, even in the Old Testament, we have the face of God mentioned hundreds of times. And when our Lord came, he wiped his face on the veil of Veronica as he was going up to Calvary, and his, his face was imprinted on that miraculously. And so... In 1840, this devotion had uh, a certain stress, a beautiful stress that was added. And there was a Carmelite in, in Tours, uh, Sister Mary de Saint-Pierre, who received revelations from Jesus Christ of the impending future wars that are going to happen with communism. And so I also found out that this devotion had three major patrons in the arch of the Holy Face, St. Michael, St. Martin of Tours, and St. Louis, the King of France. Well, St. Martin of Tours, November 11 is my birthday. So I'm a numbers guy. I was in finance before, and I just, wow, I like, that is really something. I really need to get into this. So she's the one that helped me to find that devotion. The funny thing is, she only talks to me in like three or four sentences a year. So whenever she says something, I really open my ears and listen, like, okay, sister's talking to me. What she says is going to be profound. And that's why I'm talking to you guys today, because she, she used her four sentences that year to point me to the devotion to the Holy Face. Well, Father, let me ask you this. Let's get into it a little bit. Um, what is the secret of the Holy Face, and why is this, as you say in, uh, in the subtitle of your book, the devotion destined to save society? Beautiful. So— Pope Blessed Pius IX said, reparation is destined to save society. 
And in the 1840s, he was going through the Freemasons trying to take over the Papal States of the Vatican, and he was exiled, and his life was in danger. So a holy pontiff has already stated that this devotion, which is a devotion of reparation to Jesus Christ through the object of his faith, he predicted that this devotion would save society. And so our Lord told Sister Mary St. Peter that my father is greatly offended at the human race for two major sins, blasphemy, and number two, profanation of Sundays and holy days of obligation. So Jesus warned her, my father is not going to punish the world so much with the elements, meaning earthquakes and hurricanes, but with revolutionary men. And that was revealed in the 1840s, right around the time the Communist Manifesto was coming out. So Jesus told Sister that the archenemies of the Church of God are communists because they're traitors. Most of them were born in the bosom of Holy Mother Church, and they decided not to worship God anymore, but to worship their own passions. And that's where they're starting this militant atheism called communism. So what's interesting about these revelations, private revelations, we, we rarely ever get names of people or names of institutions. So Jesus actually named communists as one of these groups of revolutionary men. But we have to keep in mind, Joe and Joe, that the revolution against God is what we're battling against. And that's why Jesus told Sister Mary St. Peter, we need to get something canonically established to fight these foes. And the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face, which was erected by Pope Leo XIII in 1885, and St. Therese of Lisieux, three of her sisters, and her father, St. Martin, they enrolled the same year it was erected. And this is, it's a, a scepter, it's a counter-revolution against the revolutionists, because whenever God gives us a curse, he tells us how to get out of the curse, and how we do that by making reparation to those blasphemers and to those who don't worship him anymore. And it only takes a few, a small army like Gideon and like Josephat's army in the Old Testament to fight great odds against us. So the reason why I wrote this book, my example came from Blessed Alan de la Roche. He had 100,000 people enroll in the Confraternity of the Rosary, and he became a blessed because he promoted a devotion that almost died. The Rosary almost died after St. Dominic erected it in 1214. It almost died in 1475. And this devotion is mirroring the devotion to the rosary. And Sister Mary St. Peter was told by Jesus that this devotion is probably going to be the greatest thing that heaven will ever give to mankind underneath the sacraments. So there's some things to ponder here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're going to have to take a break. Father Lawrence Corney joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. I would say this, and, and, you know, I think about it all the time. Mark said all of human history has been a history of class struggle. Okay. Catechism 409 of the Catholic Church says all of human history has been a dour combat between man and the forces of evil. Mark's had it wrong. The church has it right. 
Okay. In other words, if people looked, that's why people don't want to look stare reality in the face. It's not a matter of rich and poor, you know, and 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 all these things that let's say quasi-Marxists and all these people nowadays try to try to say the battle is over. It's always about good and evil. It's always between Christ and the devil. Okay. Always. And people need to understand that the Catholic Church is cl clearly teaches that. It's one of the reasons why the church condemns communism. A lot of people, including many Catholics, don't like to hear that. Okay. Uh, but we're going to get into that a little bit more on the other side of the break. Father Lawrence Carney joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Rissanello. We're way, way, way in the breach with discussing Father's new book. This is out from Tan Books The Secret of the Holy Face, The Devotion Destined to Save Society. The conversation is great, it's needed, and we have another segment coming right up. So stick around. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith, families are strengthened parishes and communities flourish so let people know you're listening to veritas tell your friends to tune in and let's make an impact here for jesus and his church this is steve lee for veritas catholic network welcome back to the front line with joe and joe joe Pasillo and joe resinello we are way 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 in the breach with father lawrence carney we are discussing his new book the secret of the holy face the devotion destined to save society that is out from tan books so i'm assuming father carney that folks could buy the book at tan books and other places that's right they can go online and get it there just type in the secret of the holy face and you'll find a, a link absolutely joe Rossinello. Father, you were talking about like the devotion to the holy face and devotion to the rosary to combat evil. You know, it, it's funny. Um, you know, obviously, as a Catholic, you see what's going on in our country. It's frustrating. And and you try, I, at least myself, I'll speak for myself. You know, you try to combat that um, as in, in, in a, I guess, like a worldly way. It, as a man and it's like trying to hold the ocean back and i've kind of come to, to to the realization um that we have to look to god almost solely and i look to our lady um and i uh, myself and joe organized a monthly rosary a, a, a public rosary i believe she uh is basically the one of the instruments God will use to combat this because it's global, Father. I mean, when you look at what's going on in America, and this is my wife reminds me of this constantly, it's everywhere. I mean, it's in Europe, it's in Australia, like this, like great reset, this globalization, this reliance on the state as opposed to god in fact it's further along in europe than it is here and it's coming here much stronger and sooner than i think people realize i think we have to turn to these devotions because i don't think one man or one woman speaking from a you know worldly perspective can stop it people look for political messiahs that's not happening father <laughs> What are your thoughts on that? Because, like, I think we're we're pointing in the same direction. Absolutely, Joe. So, this of revolutionary men is a call to arms. It's a it's a battle cry from heaven, basically telling all souls on earth, stand up for the rights of Jesus Christ, stand up for the kingdom of God. Fight against the first three commandments, because then the last seven commandments will be followed, like abortion. So we need to stop idolatry. We need to stop uh, blasphemy. 
And we need to stop working on the Lord's day and give that back, give the rights back to God. So, you know, you and I are talking about this globalism going on. And you know what's doing? It's causing the fervent souls to rise above themselves and to start doing battle for God. So, guys, we can't get in to politics as Catholics and do any better than the politicians that are already there. We have been born into the Catholic Church, or we've been baptized into it through conversion to be the best Catholics we can be. And so God is giving us a cry, a call to arms. It's called a mystical combat. This is what was told Sister Mary St. Peter. This is a mystical combat against principalities and against all the angels of darkness. And we need to be the best Catholics we can be. And that is to pick up the arms of the rosary and to join the confraternity of the Holy Rosary, because then you're in a band of brothers and sisters that are fighting with the same cause with the rosary. And her rosary is going to crush the head of the serpent if we rise up to the level of fervor that pitch that God wants us to, because then he'll start to fight this war. And then the arch confraternity as well. This is a whole program that was lined up in the 1880s by a pope it's all canonically solid as can be. And there's the manual of the Archconfraternity, the Holy Face, which has a whole array of, of weapons against these revolutionary men. And it's like a beautiful cry, as hopefully the Archconfraternity is augmented by our work here today, this book that I'm writing, that we will have a beautiful cry of prayer going up to heaven, like sweet incense going up to the throne of God in heaven. And once we get to the certain preordained level, I hope, please God, everything's contingent on prayers. Our Lady said at Fatima, once we get to that, please God, this will be God's war. He's the one that knows how to take out the evil elites, to take out the communists, and to bring about the two major things. Our Lady Fatima, we want the triumph of her heart, but it's contingent on us praying the rosary. And the arch comfortary of the holy face, I think its chief aim is the triumph of the Holy Roman Catholic Church because the chaplet of the, of the Holy Face is a chaplet that has that as its goal. Imagine if we have both of those triumphs, the triumph of the Mother of God and the triumph of the Bride of Christ working together. Imagine the Catholic Church being the strongest it's ever been in the whole world. Imagine how many souls would be going to heaven instead of them falling into hell, like Our Lady said at Fatima, falling in hell like snowflakes. And Sister Mary St. Pierre also saw in the revelations that so many souls are going to hell. So these two revelations from Fatima and the one in Tours to Sister Mary St. Peter, they're very similar. So heaven is giving us a call to arms. It's a mystical combat. Be the best Catholics you can be. Do the spiritual warfare that's been put in front of you. And that's why when people get this book, they'll know what this devotion is all about. And I'm going to be writing another book called The Consecration to the Holy Face of how we can be mystical combatants, how we can go in the spiritual life and soar into the union, to the unitive way with God. Because that's what each Christian is called to do, to be holy, not just for priests or religious, but for lay people, to be in union with God now. So we can practice our union with God in heaven. 
Father Lawrence Carney joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. I, I, I just was struck by something that I remembered. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm if I'm misapplying this. Um, during the summer of 2020, when statues were getting torn down all over the place, and it was all about race, and it's all about black and white, and the propaganda from groups like Black Lives Matter, they went to St. Louis, yes, and they tried to tear down the statue of St. Louis. And what they found out was, I think, uh, in a pretty stark way, all right, the founders or, or the people organizing on the part of Black Lives Matter, um, when they got there, uh, wasn't a bunch of what they would call white people defending a statue. It was a bunch of it was a bunch of Catholics praying the rosary. Now they got violent. Uh, they they punched a few people in the face. Okay, but nonetheless, what happened was those people still showed up. Okay, and they were mixed race because Catholics are of all races and and skin colors and everything else. And they were praying the rosary. And you know what? Black Lives Matter backed down, and that statue is still there. And not one punch was thrown on the part of those Catholics. OK, they didn't allow the other side to control the narrative and make them out to be, quote unquote, white people. OK, they were Catholics praying the rosary. All right. Defending. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. A statue of St. Louis. Yes. A, a statue of a saint. OK. Um, am I am I misreading that event? This is a beautiful event because this shows how Catholics can shine. In fact, St. Louis is one of the three patrons of the Holy Face devotion. And I actually went there a year after that happened. They have a Monsignor Morris who was on uh, a, a film called The Mass of All the Ages, first episode. And we did some ancient chants and we did solemn high mass. And then we processed from his church for two miles to that statue. And there were probably 200 Catholics praying the rosary there. It was so powerful. And this is just, I think, a small example of how we Catholics can rise up and shine to, to, to show our love for God and for his saints. And you know what? When the evil one and people in Black Lives Matter are trying to take down our statues, we don't have to throw punches with our own fists. We can take out the rosary, which is a greater weapon. We can take out this devotion to the Holy Face, the Chapel of the Holy Face, and other things— and then I think you'll see in the light. We'll see this back. And the true Catholics are going to rise up to the occasion, actually have a mystical combat here, and stand up for God, stand up for our Blessed Virgin Mary, stand up for St. Louis, stand up for all these other statues that are in the U.S., and maybe someday start building statues of saints, maybe that are being reared right now to become saints in the year 2022 that might be decades from now. We're going to show our strikes and say, no, we're going to fight for God and we're going to fight for the Catholic Church because we want to get to heaven and we want to bring others with us. We can't get to heaven alone. We've got to bring others with us. So, Father Carney, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to Joe Rosanello, but I just want a, a quick anecdote, 30 seconds, okay? Having prayed in front of abortion clinics, all right, having seen the enemy uh, with my own eyes face to face, you know that you're doing the right thing, not by thinking in your mind, am I doing the right thing, by but by seeing the reaction of those opposed to you, and when you see the level of anger and hatred directed at people who are simply praying, then you know you're doing the right thing, you know 
that you are absolutely on the right path and doing the right thing because you could throw all the punches you want. That's just going to give them more fuel. In fact, that's what the enemy wants, okay? When you're humble enough, and I believe me, Father, I lack humility, so please pray for me. But when God has humbled me enough to stand in front of that abortion clinic and saying, this isn't about you, Joe. This is about, you know, this is about praying for souls, praying for babies, praying for the people in the abortion clinic. In other words, all the punches in the world aren't going to do you any good. But that rosary, when you the enemy's reaction, to, 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 as soon as you start, uh, as soon as you do the sign of the cross, you know you're on the right. But we have limited time, Father, and there's a little bit more we want to get to. Joe Rosanello. Father, I, I'm, I have a huge uh, devotion to the rosary, and to be honest, I'm going to look into the devotion to the Holy Face because of this conversation, um, and I definitely recommend all our listeners to do the same. Um, I went through uh, the Louis de Montfort consecration uh, 33 days. It's a, it's a fairly well-known consecration um, to Our Lady. We could all do that personally. I highly recommend it. Um, how significant was Pope Francis's consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, in your view? Um, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, that's a good question. I tell people we're going to see how it plays out. I think that what we're observing can't what's going to happen in the future. Um, I I think that. This action, though, should help encourage people to make the total consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because in these latter times, as the Moffat talked about, the animosities in Genesis 3.15, they keep butting heads. I think the, one of the only ways of survival is to make the total consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And then that will make a great effect on this pope or if another pope does it in the future, it depends on the Catholic Church. It's contingent on our humility and our charity to God. So I don't know about you, but when I did my total consecration to Our Lady when I was 25, roughly 20 years ago, something changed in my life. I actually wanted to defend God more. I wanted to see his traditions in his church, and something changed. And this comes from the French school. This devotion to Our Lady, there's a lot of saints in there that are pointing that we need to have a true devotion to her in order to, to be able to survive these evil and dark times. So what I think devotion to Our Lady does is it points us to a true devotion to Jesus Christ. And I think that being inclined of Our Lady in, in the rosary and seeing the Pope do the consecration to her Immaculate Heart, she's prepared me now to embrace this devotion to the arch confraternity of the Holy Face, because Peter, the first pope, denied Christ three times. And Jesus looked at Peter with his face, and that wounded Peter so much that I think he confessed his sins in front of Our Lady. There wasn't absolution yet. But for so many years, Peter, when he would think about that denial, he would not have remorse like Judas, but he would have contrition. And that is what made him such a great pope, the first pope, the rock of the church, is because of his contrition coming to the truth and realizing this is the Messiah. I have to stand up for him now. So just if we have bad popes in the past, now, and are the future, this devotion I think is going to help what happened to Peter, St. Peter, for him to come into 
fulfilling his role as the vicar of Christ. Father Lawrence Carney joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Rosanello. We're way in the breach. Tan books has Father Carney's new book out, The Secret of the Holy Face, The Devotion Destined to Sire. There's it's the story I heard. Some people say it's lore. Some people say it's fact. Is that um, uh, right before he composed the prayer to Saint Michael, Pope Leo the Thirteenth had an image, had a vision on the altar of Christ in conversation with Satan, where Satan said to Jesus, "Give me a hundred years and I'll wreck your church." Something along those lines. And the way it goes is that Jesus allowed it. Okay. I don't think it's now. If that's true, I don't think you could you could doubt that the last hundred years or so in the in the Catholic Church hasn't been the greatest era in church history. Okay, um, and then immediately after that, the way the story goes, Pope Leo the Thirteenth composed the prayer to to um, to Saint Michael. Um, now, whether or not you believe that, and if you want to comment on that, Father, that's great. But how has the spirit of the world influenced? And moreover, importantly, like to talk to our audience out there about things that we could be doing, what we do, what responsibility to help ship. Sure. So I think that our father has actually put right into our church. A lot of people open their eyes and say, well, I stand up and fight these infiltrators inside the church. That's what this devotion does. Is it prays specifically with regard to this punishment of how to get out of that. So, yeah, we're not living in the times of St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Vincent Ferrer, where St. Vincent performed 10,000 miracles in his lifetime. We're just, there's not many miracles happening. So this is as, as we go deeper and deeper to rise up to the occasion. And so we just need to be equipped with, well, how do we fight for God? How do we fight for us? That's the beauty. And the people that were humble, they were the ones that got the main line of the, the parable. And in our times, we have that going on too. We've got the world clashes going on. We've got infiltration going on in the church. So do we just put our hands and doing well because they haven't let the church just get mad, blind? No, we got to go deeper. And we've got to become mystical combatants because God's giving us an opportunity to stand up for him and to pray through these times and to grow in so many virtues. Thank you for that, Father Lawrence. Um, Joe Rosanello. Father, I want to get to the League of St. Martin. Uh, what's this new apostolate? What, did, what do you guys do, and how do we get involved? Okay. So the League of St. Martin is a pious association of the faithful, and we're simply praying for three major things. Reparation, reverence, and reversion. And we do these things with two instruments of the church, the confraternity of the rosary and the arch confraternity of the holy face. And so we're praying that leagues start up 
all over the world and the U.S. where people will simply have at least one other person with them or more and pray the rosary and some prayers from the Holy Face. And then we hope that this will continue for years and then eventually, after some time, having established longevity, these Leaves of St. Martin will petition the local bishop to become a confraternity of the Holy Face. And then they can petition the arch-confraternity of the Holy Face to be aggregated to the arch-confraternity. And what this is doing is it's fulfilling the wishes of the revelations given to Sister Mary St. Peter and the Pope starting a confraternity, Pope Leo XIII, establishing confraternity with certain structure. So we're kind of grassroots trying to reinvigorate this devotion, just like the rosary needed to be reinvigorated. That's what our league does. So our league really likes the most reverent masses possible to make reverence. So we promote the Latin mass. We expose people to the Latin mass and teach them about the Latin mass so that they know what it is before they go, or they know what it is when they're going. So they don't just walk away because it takes catechesis for this. So we do that. Then we promote um, the reverence of the name of God. So whenever we hear blasphemy, we react to that in certain states that we live. Like, I know one man who just makes the sign of the cross when he's golfing. Every time he hears blasphemy, he makes the sign of the cross. And some of his golfers at the end of the day said, why do you do that? And he says, because you keep blaspheming God. And that struck them. So when they get around him, they don't blaspheme anymore. So you see, it starts getting people motivated towards this devotion. And I want to tell you that devotions make us more tender towards certain aspects of God and his church. And so for me, this devotion has helped me see how important it is that we don't blaspheme the name of God. Because St. Louis, as I mentioned, as we mentioned earlier, he was asked, what if you were ever to blaspheme? He said, I would, if I were ever to do that, I would wish that my mouth would be mutilated. And he made laws against blasphemy that uh, Venerable Leo de Pont, when he heard blasphemy, he started hitting people uh, on the ear because he grew up in a, the Caribbean where the French Revolution hadn't yet changed the laws. So when he went to the continent of France and heard of blasphemy, he reacted as if those laws of St. Louis were still in effect. But the French Revolution had changed those laws and made them gone against blasphemy. So I hope that helps you to see how important it is that the League is there to give honor to the holy name of God, to give reverence to him. And once we're doing this, we hope that souls that are leaving the church will come back because Sometime when people see the reverence of the Latin Mass, it's like, wait, why have I never seen this before? I want to be a part of this now. And I think we need to make people more aware of how to be more reverent towards God in the church by not talking in churches because the Holy Sacrament, the altar is there. So those are just a few things I'll leave with you guys. No, I appreciate that, Father Carney. I think that's the important thing I'm getting from you is 
and I get frustrated. And I try not to be judgmental because I remember in my journey, I wasn't exactly the most reverent person at mass. Um, I didn't dress appropriately, uh, you know, at, at, at times. And and again, I, 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 I'm not judging anybody, but I do sometimes fault a pastor for not opening his mouth at times, you know, and saying, you know, these are things that we should be doing. Let's remember it's Christ on the altar. Let's worry. Let's, let's take care about the way we're dressing. Let's take care about the way we're talking, if we're talking at all, you know, and I think that's important because, you know, that's what people in Joe wrestling all hammers at home on the show all the time. It's Christ on the altar, whether 70% of American Catholics don't believe that or not is irrelevant. It is Christ on the altar in the tabernacle. Let me ask you this. We, we don't have a lot of time left, but you mentioned blasphemy. And you went into that a little bit. Talk a little bit about the way the average Joe um, is guilty of maybe uh, profanation of Sundays or 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 holy days of obligation. Um, I, I'm curious about that. Oh yeah, so this is very important. I think that we have really lost how important it is not to work on Sundays. So. The mortal sins are doing unnecessary servile work for two hours or more. That's a mortal sin right there. But we need to go beyond just mortal sins and venial sins. Doing unnecessary work on Sundays is a venial sin. And I think we need to just remember how our ancestors from Europe were. Like in Austria, they would, at three in the afternoon or five in the afternoon, they would stop working because they would hear the church bells. They would lay out their Sunday clothes. They would get the meals prepared for the next day. They would take their weekly bath. The father would start reading the, the mass readings that evening at dinner. And then the next day, there was no work except for the necessary work. Sometimes the, the lower hired hands had to do their, their work. They had to go to the earlier mass. And then most people would go to the sung mass in the middle of the morning and then the rest of the day, they would spend with their family and friends, enjoying each other's company and having a day of rest and perhaps talking about God. Like, why are we doing this? So we can start to do that. In the League of St. Martin, we help people to see we can start changing our habits so that we do. And then I find out when people start to do this, like the Austrians used to do, they actually look forward to their Sundays more than ever because they're doing so many things. They're giving God what is due to him. They're giving him reverence. And then they're letting their bodies rest. We're made in the image of God. So if we rest once a day, I mean, once out of seven days a week, we're actually being fulfilled and recreated because God, the creator, who has made us in his image, that's what he commands. And so we start to fill in that role of giving him reverence and not profanating his Sundays and Holy Days obligation. That's a lot of work we got to work on. There used to be so there used to be like 40 or 50 Holy Days of obligation when the church was in its, its zenith. So people didn't consider work to be more important than God. And that's what's happened. It's kind of this Protestant mindset that work starts to supplant the worship that's given to God. Thank you for that, Father. Another thing I want to mention is these leaves of St. Martin, when we're having problems in the local churches, like, yeah, Father's not talking about being silent church. You know, people aren't dressing right. You know, anything that's wrong in our local parishes, we need to pray for Father. 
And we need to pray publicly. We need to pray for our people. And guess what? When we do that, God starts to open hearts and he opens doors. And it's a force to be reckoned with because then things happen. And it's very beautiful when we have these pious groups praying for these things you guys are, are working on. Thank you for that, Father Carney. Father, we have about a minute left or so. So where could our audience find out more about what you're doing? Where could they buy the book? And maybe a final thought or two. Okay, so go to the our website, martinians.org, and there you can find out a lot about the practicals of what the League of St. Martin does. You can find a link to sign up for the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face. You can find links to find out how to become a member of the Confraternity of the Rosary in the different regions in the U.S. You can also consider uh, buying the book. We have a link on our front page how to buy the book. And people can also consider becoming defenders of the name of God uh, by just emailing us and letting us know you want to do that. Or if people want to start a League of St. Martin to promote everything we've talked about today, I think that people go there. You can really find a lot of information uh, that we haven't been able to cover today. Thank you for that, Father. We really appreciate it. And the book is The Secret of the Holy Face, The Devotion Destined to Save Society. That is available at Tan Books. Uh, Father Lawrence Carney, thank you for joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. You are welcome here anytime, our friend. Thanks a lot, Joe and Joe. We really appreciate it. And thank you all out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app, the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app, so that you could have access to all of our station's content. And please, wherever you see Joe and I on social media, primarily Frontline TV, Frontline TV on YouTube, like, subscribe, share, and do all that fun stuff. We would appreciate you helping us out. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.